Hi, I'm Leanne Blaney, adventure coach, speaker and award-winning author. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast, where we are having conversations about what might be holding you back and how to move forward to achieve your dream life. Come along on a journey and set yourself up by having freedom in your choices, becoming grounded and centered and learn how to speak from the heart. For more information, go to leanneblaney.com. Let's ignite your life. A professional electrical engineer by trade, but a high priestess of women's empowerment in spirit, Natalie Jackson has been on a journey of personal transformation for over two decades. She is passionate about her life's work as the founder of the Women Unveiled School of Women's Mysteries, guiding her aspiring sisterhood to identify the blocks holding them back, rise above their inner fears, and rediscover the truest version of themselves. Hi Natalie, welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast. Thanks, Leanne. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited to talk to you today, Natalie, about um, our topic of women's mysteries. But first, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, my journey didn't start in women's mysteries. I actually was an electrical engineer before. That was my trade. I was in the oil patch, if you can believe it, and um, thought that that was my career. And and then I started having uh, children when I was 25 and so my first son was born and he ended up having a brain injury at birth and and so we had a really difficult time with him until he was about 15 with you know the effects of a brain injury and it didn't take long after that experience for me to start to look at my life in in more um you know in in just a more observatory kind of kind of way and and ask myself the hard questions this is really the career that i want and so i started Within a year, I started looking into the healing arts and and really started to regain, reclaim my power around what can I do as a mother to support uh, someone who is in a lot of pain. And and so the healing arts seemed like the natural progression for me. So I started down that path and it was amazing. And, and you know, I took all kinds of workshops and and really followed it. And then I, I, I met a woman in Massachusetts who lived and breathed women's mysteries. And when I went through her program, I knew I knew on a cellular level, you know, this this is the work for me in the world. And then I ended up giving birth to three boys. So I see now that it's all about, you know, how to bring balance within my own my own spirit in order to have balance within, you know, the inner outer inner world that then reflects in the outer world. And so I, it all makes sense to me now, and I haven't looked back, not for a moment. That is wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And it's just interesting to know that, you know, sometimes things do happen in our lives for us to change trajectory, I suppose, to do something else. And then when you can find that, I suppose it's a calling, isn't it? You find, like you said, on a cellular level, it really called to you. It's just wonderful when we can reach that point and something, you know, we really believe in that we're really passionate about comes in, into our life. So tell us more about Women's Mysteries. What does it really mean? Just so you know, if someone's not quite sure what it's all about, give us a bit of an explanation of it. Mysteries are, in general, an exploration of the wisdom that lives within the body of a woman. So a body that has a uterus, a body that can uh, possibly, maybe it cannot produce life, you know, maybe we cannot have children. And there's still the, the possibility for creation to take place within a, a female body. 
And so within, you know, the mysteries that we look at have to do with like moon time mysteries and the mysteries of creation and, um, you know, the mysteries of our connection to the wild. There's, there's definitely an instinctual nature that lives within, within these bodies of ours. And so learning how to reconnect to that wild within us is a big part of the, the work that we do. Sounds fascinating, doesn't it? Because I don't know about you, but over here in Australia, we're just starting to get into this a little bit more and that it's always been a bit taboo to talk about these mm -hmm. women's mysteries, isn't it? So it's just lovely to start talking about it and learning more about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It has been a, a taboo topic in, in a lot of the world. And really this teacher that I had, her name is Elisa Starkweather. She is one of the catalysts that helped bring it into everyday conversation. And she started having these, what were called red tents, and they're still called red tents, where women gather together around the new moon and, and come together and just, you know, just really honor one another, look after each other, let go of our responsibilities. It's a, it's a night of deep, deep nourishment. And since she began that movement, it's now happening in over 20 countries around the world, countries where you wouldn't even think that it would have landed the way that it did, and it has. Oh, that's wonderful. It's good to know, isn't it, because there are some countries where their cultures don't allow you to really talk about this sort of thing or for women to congregate or to to actually get to know, you know things about their body because, you know, we might know things on a logical level, I suppose, or from the, the brainwave, but not to actually feel and know what's actually happening within, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and some of those countries are some of the ones that are now having red tents. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, that's fantastic. So tell us more about, you know, if you're trying to take this out there and educate women on women's mysteries and talk more about it, what do you actually do? Hmm, that's a great question. A lot of what we do are ritual practices that are really experiential. And so, for example, we'll spend a night in what I call the magical forest. We have a forest here on our land and we spend a night there. And each woman is off in her own little quadrant uh, with, with nothing but a sleeping bag and an experience of, of the wild. And when we, when we go into, you know, a, a real experiential, like I know I've read, I've read some of your uh, bucket list items, you know, you, you step into something that's truly an embodied experience it then brings up anything that might have been in the way. So any resistances, any subconscious beliefs that are limiting, you know, those start to surface. And then I like to think that then we have, you know, fodder to work with and we've got something really good to, to dive into and to unpack and to start to together support one another to do our healing work. So a lot of the rituals are, are you know, our toes in the mud, so to speak. I love that because, because it's, I used to be this person that goes, oh, no, I can't stand, you know, mud and things like that. And then I thought, no, Leanne, come on, you've got to push yourself outside that comfort zone. And by doing that, I went into some obstacle courses where they had lots of mud and rain. It was, you know, really pushed me to my limits. But to be honest, that's where you learn the most about yourself when you do push yourself, isn't it? It is. It is. One of the, you know, I'll, I'll give you just a little taste of, of some of the Western esoteric teachings. And one of the teachings is... We don't grow when we're within our, sp our sphere of comfort. There is no growth that happens there. So you actually have to get to the edge of it and then take a step beyond. And only then does the soul, you know, expand a little bit and, and get into this realm of like 
there's other possibilities now. What is it that I didn't know about myself? What new thing can I learn here today with this experience? And so right beyond that edge is where we grow. And we start asking the questions about ourselves and why we're here and, you know, what what sort of person am I really? Because I found that I really am quite a determined person that I don't like to give up. And I really felt empowered when I pushed myself that, you know, just that, even that one step past my comfort zone in the different challenges or different bucket list items that I do just to find out who I really am. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we've noticed that time and time again, where a woman will come and she'll say, you know, I'm deathly afraid of heights. And so we do this ropes course where you're up at 40 feet in the air and her challenge is just to walk up the stairs to get to 40 feet. And, it, you know, and, and knowing that once once she's there, she's already gone beyond that that outer edge of comfort. And from there, everything just starts to kind of get revealed. I like to I like to think that new things are revealed. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. So when you've had these women go through these experiences, what sort of things are you finding they're learning about themselves? Mm, That's a really good question. I think one of the biggest things that we learn, or maybe I'll say unlearn Mm. is, um, you know, that our, our bodies in, in, you know, in, in so many ways we're taught not to trust our bodies. That, that we, you know, we trust all these experts, we trust what the, the media is saying, we trust what our government's saying, we trust, you know, what anyone who has amassed experience and knowledge says to us. And what we do in the unlearning process is to remove all of those tentacles of, you know, whose, vo- whose voice is that really that is telling you that you can't do that right now? Who's, who really told you that? Whose limiting, you know, beliefs have you, have you, um, adopted for yourself and can we remove those and find find some wisdom within your own body that tells you the truth of who you are not somebody else's version of of who you need to be it's so true isn't that we have been conditioned by a lot of things like whether it is the government whether it is society whether it's our family or whatever and sometimes you think well is that me really what i believe in or is it just what i've been brought up with or is it just what i've been conditioned to think so to be able to step outside your comfort zone you are learning well this is the true me and then i think there's it's really empowering to think oh well i can start trusting my intuition or that gut feeling or whatever it is you want to call it because I know this is the true me. It's not just what I've been conditioned for. Absolutely, absolutely. And we, and we know we learn a little bit about, about our nervous system and how we have, you know, we have neurotransmitters in our belly and in our heart, as many as we have in our brain. So our heart is constantly scanning the environment. Our belly is also constantly scanning the environment. So when we can listen to these sources of wisdom within us, there's no information that comes through that our brain doesn't always um, reflect that new information. Yeah, that's that's very, very true. I love it when people start learning about the body too, because, you know, I do a lot of the neuro change or neuroscience stuff and I get really geeky about it. Love it. But it's, it's really empowering to know, well, I can change my brain. I can do these different things. I can learn new new skills and uh, just so much more is out there now that you can do if you just start learning about what your body can do and you do start pushing yourself past these limits that we put ourselves in I mean so many many times we go well this is the path I'm supposed to take and then you limit yourself with not looking at those different possibilities or opportunities that are out there 
And so we do a lot of those. You know, once we go to the edge, we look at what those limiting beliefs are. And then with, with shadow work, I'm a, I'm a shadow work facilitator as well. So we, we you know, we, we address each one of those voices and give them space to be there. It's not about really extracting, 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 shedding, shedding, shedding. A lot of it is reframing, learning to work with, uh, you know, the, the skills and the limitations and the weaknesses within my own self. Like, how has that served me in the past? And how can it now serve me more in the future? Um, so there's, a, you know, there's a lot of empowerment that comes from that deep inner knowing. Do you find also there's the, it's not just the inner knowing that you're sort of learning about yourself, but women are starting to learn what their bodies, bodies are like physically and they're starting to love them more? Because I know there's a lot of, you know, body hatred out there, body shaming and comparing, comparing yourself to other people and that we're supposed to look a certain way. Are they starting to get that side of things as well? Absolutely. Yeah, some of the rituals we do um, teach women how to be together in new supportive ways we're often taught and i don't know what it's like culturally where where you are here in western canada you know women tend to compete quite a bit and there's some backstabbing going on and sarcasm and ways that we keep that tall poppy cut down too tall and in the work that we do um, part of it all is that there's enough space for all to be a tall poppy, using that metaphor. <laughs> so really our bigness, and our rightness, there's enough room for all of it. We don't need each other. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about tall poppy syndrome, uh, Nelly, because here in Australia, it's a huge thing. I don't know why, but for some reason, our society loves to cut down people that are successful or looking for success or trying to do something differently. And I feel that, you know, it's just such a... Um, big thing here in Australia that people are starting to look at now but it's still I suppose generationally it's been coming down that tall poppy syndrome is part of us but you know I don't know why we do that but I think now that we're starting to learn who we are it starts to address that mm -hmm. yeah I have a theory about that if you're interested <laughs> yes I would love to know <laughs> <laughs> well my theory is that the you know, the, the feminine power, like our capacity to be infinitely wise and to create whatever it is that we desire to create and that instinctive knowing is immense. And throughout history, if you, you know, you, need, you don't even need to go back very far, but you can go back two or 3,000 years and see that that feminine power has been really um, suppressed by societies. You know, we just got to, we got to get rid of the witches because they're too powerful. We got to get rid of, you know, this segment of society because it's too powerful. Da, 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 da. And it, and it, and it has um, enmeshed itself, if you will, in our current culture in that a powerful woman is to be feared. And so we have to work really hard as women, you know, you and I, and the work that we're doing in the world it is a, a commitment of mine to undo that programming that a powerful woman needs to be feared. A powerful woman can be respected and can be admired and can be loved like any other woman. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that theory. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Because I do feel that women... You know, men seem to have this bro code type thing they call it a bro code but you know they do support each other they're there they have each other's backs but women don't seem to have that and I just don't understand it there is so much like jealousy and the envious of each other and I, I think that is because of society that's why we were brought up to be there as well but I really believe that we need to get together and use our power for the good and and to for togetherness 
I agree. I agree. And I'm noticing the more the more women really step into their power like this and learn how to support one another, the the greater we are as a whole. I mean, when women come together, you know what what that that expression goes when you educate one boy and you you've you've educated one person and you educate one girl and you've educated an entire village. I think I probably totally bastardized it. But anyways, <laughs> There's something along those lines, and I've seen that in groups of women, that the more empowered a group of women becomes, the greater the capacity. I mean, we've started having festivals and conferences here and, and doing these, these bigger pieces of work because we trust one another to, be, to stand in our bigness and, and not fear that within each other. Yeah, I love it. That's fantastic. So when you've been working with some women, tell me about some of the changes you've seen in them. What have they been able to go out and do? Um, you know, some of the biggest changes when we get into the realm of, of shadow work and looking at the wild within us is a lot of trauma healing. And so when we get to the core of our wounding and work there, I mean, that's that's really one of my philosophies is that we're not going to work with the, what's showing up right now in your current relationship. All of this, all of this in our world um, chunks down, it stems down to core wounding. So let's go there first, mm. right? And so we work with the core wounding. And then, um, I, you know, I've seen a lot of women leave toxic relationships. That's been probably one of the biggest uh, direct impact is recognizing when something is toxic, whether it be a job, whether it be a relationship, whether it be, you know, even an environment somebody lives in and, and saying enough is enough. Uh, so having the, the courage within the self to make brave life changes, I guess you could say. That seems to be one of the biggest changes that happen. And I've seen a lot of women step closer into what it is they're really here for. So find that fire in their belly and then drive themselves in a, in a way that feels good. You know, when you go to work and at the end of the day, it doesn't feel like you've worked. Um, when there's joy with with um, every step, maybe not every step, there's gonna be some painful ones and and you know some uncomfortable things along the way. And if we find joy in what we're offering to the world, I think we're closer to our soul work. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's interesting you talk about the finding joy because that's one thing I've resolved this year is to stop doing things that don't give me joy because, you know, I've realized that they took a lot out of me and I'm thinking, well, you know, there's, there's stuff there that I don't need to be doing. I'm just taking on because I feel like I should be. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to assess everything on the on the around you know does it give me a bit of joy do I you know there's some things you have to do obviously that don't give you joy but obviously. what am I taking on that you know that gives, gives me joy and if it doesn't I'm thinking well why am I doing this so I'm starting to really reassess the things that are in my life because you know life's too short to be you know as you say with the wounding that we've had and stuff like that it's too short to be stopping ourselves from living fully and that's why I love my bucket list stuff and I love talking to women like you who are helping other women to get out there and start really living mm, yeah I absolutely agree Leanne life is just too short for it and I think even more so now if you look at all of the shifting that's taken place in the last couple years right it's like crunch point where and I, and I even heard you say this on one of your other podcasts of like okay so if we're home alone for a really long period of time then we start to reevaluate a little bit don't we mm. and so a lot of people have reevaluated and now I'm, I'm finding more and more people are looking around and asking themselves honestly does this align with 
who I'm really here to be? Does not only my career, does where I shop, is this aligned with what I believe in? Does who I, you know, what groups and organizations I'm a part of, does this align with what I believe in? Like looking at all aspects of our lives and reassessing. So, so important. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for talking to me today about women's mysteries. I love it. I could, you know, just talk to you for ages about it because I love this topic. But if anyone wants to find out more about you or how to contact you, where's the best place to go? Sure. Yeah. My website, which is nataliejackson.com. And I'll just spell it out because I have a French spelling of my name. So it's N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E-J-A-C-K-S-O-N.com. Yeah, that's the best place to find me. And I do one-on-one work with people. And I also have a running mystery school every year. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Leanne. That was really beautiful. Igniters, Natalie does such beautiful work. To be the spiritual leader and champion of women power is inspirational. If you want to know more about Natalie, go to her website, nataliejackson.com. For more about pushing outside your comfort zone and bucket listing, go to my website, leanneblaney.com.